Pop Punk and Pizza podcast is presented by Pop Punk Takeout, a monthly subscription box filled with merchandise from pop punk artists from all over the world. Now, their first takeout box for June 2021 features merch from Keep Flying. Go to poppunktakeout.com and subscribe today. Also, follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Pop Punk Takeout. And additional support for this episode comes from sex, drugs, and emo, heartbreak, anxiety, and depression. That's all things you're going to find in our sponsor, which is the book Rock Bottom at the Renaissance, an emo kid's journey through the falling in and out of love uh, of love in and with New York City. And now the best-selling mixtape memoir about struggling with mental illness and the power that pop punk and emo can have to help get you through it. Rock Bottom at the Renaissance isn't just an audiobook. It's an audiobook experience starring Tyler Posey and featuring 20 songs uh, that includes two Jimmy World recordings that you can only hear in this audiobook. There's also uh, songs from Dashboard Confessional, Mayday Parade, The Wonder Years, Bayside, Alkaline Trio, and more. So stay tuned for a clip later on in the episode. Now, now, for links to find it at your favorite place uh, to buy books, ebooks, or audiobooks, just go to rockbottombook.com. And I suggest getting the audiobook on Audible to hear the way Tyler Posey puts himself into the story and to feel the way the 20 song soundtrack will put you into the story. It's incredible. If, if people think you're weird because you find a way to relate to every single song you hear or because, you know, you play songs on repeat because you're sure that they were specifically written for you, then rock bottom at the Renaissance and emo kids journey through the falling in and out of love in and with New York city. Isn't just for you. It's about you. So get more info at rockbottombook.com. I'm going out, I gotta go. I'll bang a ring on the radio. So turn it up, I'm telling you. I think I'm ready for something new. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. You're listening to Pop Punk and Pizza with Jacques Lamore. Forgot to get rid of my graphic there. Well, hello and uh, welcome to Pop Punk and Pizza. I'm, of course, Jacques Lamour. And that voice you just heard singing our theme song, that is who our special guest is today, Krista Makes of Less Than Jake. I'm, I'm excited to welcome him back to the podcast. It was about, I want to say it was three years ago. I think February of 2018 is the last time Krista makes of less than Jake was on the podcast. And so much obviously has happened since then. He started his own podcast called Krista makes a podcast less than Jake released a new record called silver linings. Chris also released his first solo recordings and he also put out his first book ever. And I know there's probably one or other two other things I'm forgetting. Uh, so we're going to get into all that with Chris coming up later on in the show. But uh, th this is the first episode that um, I'm I'm changing the format uh, to something different, which, you know, I do that quite often. But this this new format uh, will feature two guests per episode, kind of like an opening act and then like a headliner. So 
before we get to Chris, we are welcoming um, a really great band out of Virginia. Um, and uh, they're called Ring Out. And it's spelt uh, W-R-I-N-G, uh, Ring Out. And I know we're going to be talking with Cam, and it looks like uh, someone else has uh, joined him. But uh, let's let's welcome them to the show. How's it going, guys? Got to have a round of applause. Um, so, I would like to introduce you to Drew, our bishop. Drew, okay. I was going to say, because like before we went on, and it was just you and I in uh, the the green room or backstage, yeah. whatever the heck you want to call it, it was it was just Cameron or Cam, yeah. <laughs> uh, but now we have Drew. So what's up, Drew? What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm, I'm doing fantastic. I get to hang out with you guys. I mean, That's what, what more could you ask for? I, uh, I've only had a handful of bands from Virginia on the podcast, and you guys are specifically like, uh, like Virginia Beach area, right? Yeah, so uh, that's that's where mo- I live in Newport News, about forty minutes, uh, forty five minutes up, like north of Virginia Beach. But they all live in that d- general area, and most of all the shows that we play, that's like that's the home, that's the hometown, that's where all the hometown shows are. And I mean, that's that's one of the bigger cities, or I guess it's a tourist destination, right? Yeah, so you've got your seven cities throughout the entire uh, Virginia, because mainly it's just like the east coast of virginia which is mainly populated and then you got western virginia which is total just uh montanus yeah exactly wasteland so you've got uh richmond williamsburg newport news hampton norfolk virginia beach i think there's like chesapeake one of the chesapeake something yeah yeah but anyway um so yeah, North, uh, Virginia Beach is definitely, besides Richmond, the uh, the hot spot of Virginia. It's like the most popular. Well, uh, Kyle Phillips says Virginia is for lovers. It is for lovers. We're lovers. <laughs> for wine lovers. <laughs> for wine lovers? You guys have a lot of wine in Virginia? Yeah, we do. Well, I don't know. I don't know if there's a lot of wine in Virginia or if there's like vineyards, but like they have this like mock sticker that's like Virginia's for wine lovers. So. Nice. <laughs> nice. And uh, let's see. Heather Hanrahan says, hi, baby brother. So which, which one is, is that Drew? Is that your sister? That's one of my five sisters. (laughs) Five sisters? Are you the, are you the only, uh, boy in the family? I got a brother too. You have a brother too. So where do you fall in line? Are you the youngest, the oldest, the middle? I'm the youngest. Oh, damn. (laughs) So, so. What was that like? Because I'm the youngest of three boys, including myself. So I had two older brothers. But having, what, you said five older sisters and then one older brother? Yeah. So what was yeah, what was it like to have that many, specifically older sisters in the family? There's a lot of, there was a lot of estrogen flying around. <laughs> I'm going to catch some heat because now my sister's watching me. But there was a lot of estrogen flying around the house. But... So everybody's off doing their own thing most of the time anyway. So oh, okay, yeah. I, I like how much are they like quite a bit older than you? Um, they range from the second youngest is two years older than me up to ten years older than me. Okay, and then my gotcha. brother's five years older than me, so we didn't start hanging out. Wow. You know, you're really yeah. No, that was the same with. Uh, um, okay, so your your sister's chiming in. She said he got it easy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, nice. I mean, pretty much. Dude, by, by the time I was running around doing my thing, my parents were tired. 
I was gonna say they're like, eh, we don't care anymore. He's the last one. You know, if if he screws up, then who? You know, yeah, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) That's I'm I'm just kidding, obviously. But um, uh, she says, watch it. (laughs) That's funny. So so did your sister? Your sisters didn't like do the whole like dress you up thing, did they? No, no, not really. No, (laughs) not for not that I can remember. I don't know. Anybody <laughs> repressed memory? I'm not sure. I was gonna say you might have repressed that. Um, so let let's get into uh, to ring out. So I was listening to your your first EP, which was uh, just released last year. Yeah. Um, and now I'm for oh uh, these walls I built right, uh, great EP. I was I was impressed with it. But then when I went and I listened to the two singles you released this year um it was like i felt like it was night and day almost um as far as not necessarily the the style i mean the style is pretty much the same but i was just really blown away by how well um you guys really tightened up your songwriting just from that last ep to uh to 2021 yeah, so I, I mean, we we put that EP out in January of last year, and then we actually were able to tour from that EP like right off the jump. We had like uh, put a tour together with our buddies down in uh, for the best from Florida, and then COVID hit, and we kind of just we just we had some things that we had to work out. We had some you know, a lot of like the music that we were writing was just very like scattered all over the place. Everything was coming from different directions. So we just, we regrouped over the summer. We got Drew here uh, back into play. Um, And then we really just kind of honed in on how, like me and Joey, uh, Joey is kind of like the one, I wouldn't say he writes all of our music, but he definitely comes up with a lot of the structures and things like that. So we get together, him, uh, Brady and I will get together with him and we'll just kind of like, we'll tweak some things here and there. We'll go through it. We'll play it. Then we'll in house. We'll just kind of like record it, make it a rough. Um, so we've really just taken the time to kind of like, again, like I said, just regroup and find like that sound we're trying to like push for. And we really think that this new music that we're putting out is we're really starting to, uh, yeah solidify everything as far as like what we're gonna do moving forward for sure yeah and uh one of those new songs or the latest single you put out uh in april is i tap two and cast counterspell which is which is very specific what where does that come from because um i'm like what I, I love long song names that make (laughs) that like make you think and that totally made me think yeah so what what the hell is that? So right off the bat, it's a uh, it's a reference to Magic the Gathering, the card game. Okay, um, that's so, why I didn't get it because yeah, I was like, because yeah. I was like, is this? I was like, it has to be a quote to a movie yeah. or um. So uh, so if you like long song names, you're gonna love our uh, EP um, <laughs> for sure. Um, but I uh, think they're coming back. I really think they, they are. They, yeah, the the quirky weirdo long song names are definitely like fun. Like I mean, it's cool to listen to a song that like the chorus is like the one word in the chorus. They're just like, okay, what are the lyrics? Cool, let's pull this word. That's the song title. Like, I don't know. And so it's just like we we've been trying to like. I'm going off a little, a little off subject here, but like when we write songs, what we do is we try to like come up with like quirky names that somehow are like relevant to either 
the writing process of it or just the lyrics themselves in like maybe a metaphorical way to us or something like that. So it's just kind of like left to interpretation. We feel like a lot of people like that. But uh, I tap two cast counter spell came from Magic the Gathering, the card game, and it's basically just the I tap two. I don't play the game, so I'm not really sure, but I know that. Oh, so who in the band does? Uh, I believe Joey. I don't. I don't know. I was going to know where Joey. Knew, Joey knew for a fact that he was rolled. Yeah, Joey knew what was up. But basically, counterspell is like I guess that has to do with like a certain deck that you play, and the like counter deck is one of the decks that are like harder to beat because there's just a lot of like oh I play this no I counter that okay I play this I counter that I tap two I counter this so like I don't know the whole repetition of it but he came from that and we were just. We we're we're going to get blasted yeah. for not doing our homework. Yeah, exactly. We don't know. Everyone's going to hit us with, you guys are a bunch of posers. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, Joe, you can thank Joey for that one. Unfortunately, he's not here right now, but he definitely has more rele- or more understanding about the relevance to that song title. But yeah. So was he the lyricist then for this song too? I think yeah. Joey, yeah. Okay. Uh, Joey has written... All of the songs up until now, we are just starting to delve into where we're kind of doing like these like writing sessions together where uh, he's not the sole like writer. We're all in there. We're kind of generating ideas. We're generating lyrics, words, vocabulary, putting in different like melodies here and there, really like focusing on it sounding good with the song as far as just, you know, nothing sounding too broken and things like that. Everything being very cohesive. <clears throat> you have to excuse me. I'm, no, I'm no. still, I'm, I'm trying to get over a sinus infection. Oh. Um, so, so <laughs> what, what was that? I was like, Oh, Corona. Yeah. Corona. Yeah. Well, at least I'm by myself. Yeah. No, they, yeah. I was going to say you're six feet from everybody. So was, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You guys are like two feet, maybe. So, so you're talking about you're finally starting to do songwriting sessions together instead of writing separately and then bringing it to the table. And what has that been like for you guys? What has been the biggest part to kind of get over? Um. Well. <sighs> To get, I'm not, so I'm just going to answer. I mean, as far as like us writing all together, it's just, I think everyone's a lot more happy in the moment because when things get broken up and they get sent to us in pieces and things like that, I feel like any one of us will get worked up about the work that we've done. So when it's not received as well as, you know, maybe we had hoped, then, uh, you know, we're at, we're at a stalemate to where like, oh, well, okay, well, let's just not do it then or whatever. Cause we're, you know, we can all be kind of te- temperamental sometimes. So, but being able to write together, it's kind of just like in the moment w- with everybody in front of you, you know, we can really hash these ideas out Bounce and we everything off each other 100%. So it's a lot, it's a lot better to be more open with our communication. I keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Dude, I talk. I talk with my hands too, and I'm and I'm not Italian. I, yeah. I, I love doing it. Maybe it's a a, a French thing too, because I'm obviously French. So, so yeah, no. You're, you're um, really yeah, good. so uh, just the uh, just be, just being able to be in the room and hash out everything right away has been a lot better. So that way, no feelings get hurt. Um, we're all producing a product that we all love. Um, it's it's just been nice. It's it's a team effort, really, you know, family team. It's, it's tough when we're all on our own because we all want to write stuff and we all draw inspiration from different 
things. Like very much different things. Joey. I don't even listen to that much pop punk music. Joey's in the. I like Scott. Yeah, Joey. Joey's oh, huge. perfect. Like, I love Scott. Yeah. Obviously, our our next guest is from Scott, a very well known Scott punk band, Krista Makes. So yeah, you know, yeah, that's, so it, it's that's perfect that you're <laughs> that you're on this episode. Yeah, no fitting. Yeah. You know, I'm the bass player, so I listen to bass player music. <laughs> I mean, ba- there are some serious bass players in the Scott. Uh, world so you know and obviously roger lima from less than jake being one of them um so uh well we uh let's see it's 725 do you guys uh mind if we close out with uh playing your music video uh for the song yeah for sure man um and then real quick how can people find you guys um yeah um so you can find us it's pretty much just ring out vb i think the only social handle we have with an underscore is our instagram um but otherwise you can look us up facebook youtube apple music spotify um just ring out or ring out vb um at ring out vb on twitter instagram uh facebook um Bandcamp and all that stuff. We have a big cartel with some merch as well. Um, just to plug, just to plug real quick, a few future insights. Man, got some new music coming out. Uh, have a new single on the second. We're rolling out an EP by the end of the uh, the summer. Looking forward to doing shows. We have a potential tour lined up for November. So really, just stoked to get back into the area. I appreciate you having us as well, man. This yeah. Is just- of course. Awesome. Yeah, sweet. Um, I'm excited that you guys are finally able to hit the road again. So good for you. Um, well, Cameron and Drew, thanks for being on, guys. Dude, 100%. Thanks, Josh, you were awesome, man. Thank you so much, dude. <laughs> Thank you. For your comments you wanted, then listen up close The only thing that I'll ever need is my home
Okay, ring out with ITAP2 and cast counterspell here on Pop Punk and Pizza. Thank you again to Cameron and, of course, to Drew for being on the podcast. And once again, just a reminder that Pop Punk and Pizza is presented by Pop Punk Takeout, which is a monthly subscription service that... uh, fills a uh, takeout box with merchandise from pop punk artists from all over the world. And their first takeout box for this month, the first takeout box ever uh, for June 2021 features merch from Keep Flying. You can go to poppunktakeout.com and subscribe today and follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at poppunktakeout. And of course, um, we have additional uh, sponsorship today from a wonderful, wonderful book. Uh, which is called Rock Bottom at uh, at the Renaissance, an emo kid's journey through falling in and out of love in and with New York City. And here's a clip from the audiobook that is actually narrated by Tyler Posey. The fear was catching up with me. Fuck that. It's caught up with me. The extra Adderall that I took on top of the extra Adderall that I took earlier today might have something to do with that. I keep noticing new levels of how fast my heart can race without exploding. I've discovered new levels of how much my hands can shake while still being able to type words on a keyboard. I'm finding how much one can feel like they're dying without actually dying. I suppose if I did die in this room, at least my body would be found tomorrow, maybe just sitting in this chair that I've spent most of my time in this weekend. While everyone I know was probably out having fun in the company of friends, I've been in a shitty desk chair in front of a computer, feeling like I'm on death's doorstep ringing the doorbell with anxiety that wants to look for an unlocked window and just break the fuck in. Turns out, writing about loneliness doesn't make you any less lonely. Writing about being fucked up in the head doesn't make you any less fucked up in the head. Some poor housekeeper, who would probably remind me of my mom, would find me limp and lifeless in front of closed pill bottles and an open laptop with an unfinished book next to a finished bottle of Johnny Walker. Who would care? I'm nobody. I don't have other books that people have loved. No one would say, oh no, he had one more in him and now we'll never know how it ends. Or maybe this is how it ends. But no one would care enough to finish it for me. I have to be the one who finishes it. But shit's getting dark. How is it that I think about the girl with every waking second in every single one of these tens of thousands of words that I've written and she can't even fucking send me one goddamn text message? Has one thought of me even crossed her mind this weekend? But maybe it's for the best. If she had been more receptive this weekend, or receptive at all, there's no way I would have gotten this far. Could it be that everything goes round by chance? Or is there one way that it was always meant to be? You kill me. You always know the perfect thing to say. I know what I should do, but I just can't walk away. Shit's getting dark, but that seems to be the only way I can write. Every normal day of my life I deal with hurt, but it's just emotional hurt. That's fucking major depressive disorder for you. Hurtful thoughts all the time, but this weekend, I'm also a physical mess. I'm tired of feeling this way. 
Okay, rock bottom at the Renaissance. Uh, thank you to Mike Henneberger, who uh, wrote the book, uh, Mixtape Memoir. Uh, it's narrated by Tyler Posey, the audio book is, and you can pick that up now wherever it is that you listen to audiobooks. And uh, now we'll get to our second guest of the evening, someone that uh, most of us know and uh, are v- heavily influenced by, uh, especially in the ska punk community. Uh, Krista Makes, he is not only known for less than Jake at this point, but he's launched his own podcast, Krista Makes a Podcast. And on top of that, he's also uh, this last year released uh, his first solo recordings for the first time. And uh, now he's he's written a book as well called uh, Blast from the Past, which I have a copy of. And I've gotten about halfway through it, and it's uh, it's incredible. So let's uh, let's welcome Chris to the show. Hello, Chris. I'm here. How you doing, buddy? Good. How about you, man? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. There you go. <laughs> Uh, I want you to hit that as many times as you can during. The show. <laughs> I was. I'm trying to. I can. I can. I'm gonna see if I can. Tur- see if I can turn you up a little bit because I can barely hear you. I don't know. Talk louder. Yeah, if you can. I'm trying to see. Interesting. Hmm, that's strange. I usually. Uh... Maybe it's my headphones. <laughs> I don't know because I, I haven't had that issue when I've. Uh... Talked on here. I'm not using my microphone. I'm using the built-in, but that typically works perfect for oh, okay, or Streamyard or anything. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Well, Chris, um, thanks so much for being here, man, and and coming back to the show. Yes. So, uh, can can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, I can. I can still hear you. Um, I just let, let's see. We're getting some comments. I wonder. Okay, someone said it's a little quiet. Huh. Hey, is that better? I can talk loud. <laughs> yeah um, but it, 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 me, it's funny you know i don't i've i haven't used or i think I, i've used Streamyard before um i don't think my mic is working oh there we go is that better there we go that's what it was i'm like that's so <laughs> Streamyard is linked into my microphone that's okay. okay wow magical so we'll, we'll, we'll do that then and my input is good on that how's that cool that's so much better man Thank okay, you. Perfect. Thank you. I for thought that. I was using the built-in microphone, but evidently oh. I wasn't. Oh, all right. Um, so I want to start off by um, giving you an apology um, because the last time we uh, I had you on the podcast, uh, it was in Chicago. It was on your tour bus. You were only you only had so much time, and I totally went over our time and. I know that was so unprofessional of me, and I know you had a bunch of things to do. So I, uh, it, it's something that stuck out in my brain, like ever since then, just because I'm like, oh god, that was that was bad. I shouldn't have done that. So, I well, just, uh, I've uh, I've held a grudge now for about four years, and I'm still <laughs> angry about it. So we we, should, we need to hash that out right now. Damn it! <laughs> I mean, I don't know what it is. I, I guess it just it stuck with me. So I just wanted to, to just 
you know, give my apology. Well, I, I, that, I uh, so. no offense to you, Mr. Lamore. I do not recall that uh, happening. <laughs> um, you know, uh, chances are I was a few beers deep and it didn't matter anyways, but thank you for your apology. Yeah. I think it's just because like, as a, as a journalist, those things stick out in your brain. You know what I mean? Like, We've all had those moments where we, you know, we like say something stupid um, to people that we idolize or we're fans of or we're interviewing because obviously, you know, you've got Krista makes a podcast now. So you've been through several interviews now. So I'm sure you can you can relate. Yeah, um, to a degree. You know, I, I that's the one thing about the uh, the show that um, I, I try not to approach it like an interview. That's right. been a hard thing to get across to the guests because um, <laughs> I've been, you know, uh, in the music, you know, uh, doing music now for going on 30 years. So I've done enough really bad interviews to know that I never, ever wanted to interview anybody. Um, I'm more <laughs> or less wanted to have a conversation. That's that's really why we, we went with the theme of songwriting for the show to where you're just talking about the song. I'm not asking them where they got their band name for the thousandth time or, you know, uh, why they're you know, ex bass players sue them for a million dollars. I don't get into any of that stuff because, you know, I, I don't want it to come off as an interview. And, um, you know, you've, you've done this for a while too. It's like, you know, people that aren't interested or that, that come off and you, you know, and, um, yeah, you got to work around that. Luckily for me, uh, I haven't encountered that yet on my particular uh, show. Everyone's been, you know, if they agree to do it and, and we're talking about that one song and I stick to the script, then, then they're, then they're cool with it. Right. Absolutely. And uh, of course, a lot of these people you're you're friends with and you you know them because you've been playing shows with them. Yeah. For however long. And that just makes those conversations so much better um, because they'll just be upfront and honest with you about how that song fell, you know, fell uh, how the way it did, how it was written out and everything. I think, um, yeah, I think I think some of it has to do with the fact not so much that I even know them, even the guys that I don't know, they um you know, if I don't know them personally, they've at least heard of the name Less Than Jake or seen our name on festival posters and stuff. Or, you know, uh, we, we've been around long enough where there's name recognition where they're like, OK, this this guy, like, at least kind of knows what he's talking about to where they're a little more, maybe more open to me than than if someone was trying to talk about songwriting and, you know, didn't didn't know what a bridge was or a pre-chorus. And they're, you know, in the, in the, so I think that I have a have an in in that respect, too, which which uh, definitely helps. Yeah, definitely, absolutely, and 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 one thing I've I've been thinking about since uh, Krista makes a podcast has started, uh, something that you bring up is less than Jake not really having that radio hit like some of your guests have had, and it's made me wonder. Like, I wonder what Chris thinks like should have been like the radio hit for less than Jake. You know, it's something I've always wondered. Um, yeah, you know, the, the thing about a radio hit, there's so many components that go into it. And when I bring that up on the show, usually it's in reference to something about a hit. It's not a slag of, of my band. Um, and it's not just my band. There's tons of bands. I mean, how many records do you have in your collection that, that there's five, six, seven songs deep that could have been on the radio that bands, Absolutely. the people that, you know, the majority of people have never heard of these bands. There's a, there's a part luck there's a part, uh, no, sometimes the singer has to be cute and good looking and have a good look. Um, uh, you know, the, the right manager, the right label, 
the, the right lightning in a bottle has to happen, you yeah. know? So I, I think we have had hits among our fans, uh, the science of selling yourself short. Our fans go crazy when we play that, uh, you know, um, maybe all my best friends are metalheads. Um, I think rest of my life has that quality of, of, of being a, a hit song. If that was one that I was thinking of was, was rest of my life. And of course, you know, um, uh, the science of selling yourself short that did mm-hmm. get radio play for sure because i remember it, hearing it, that it did and and at the same time when i when i do reference that during the show it's never from a standpoint of like oh i wish we had a radio hit because i i don't if, if it happened it would have happened i've seen a lot of bands torn apart uh you know a lot of bands can't come down when once they went up it's like they get used to the to the airplane uh, first class accommodations and get get used to playing arenas every night and it's like uh, you know, hey, I'm Mr. Manager now telling the band, uh, hey, guys, we're, we're back in theaters. We can only take, you know, one bus instead of two. Like, no, we can't do that. And then infighting comes. And a lot of times with a huge hit single, too, um, only the singer might get on the cover of Rolling Stone, which causes animosity within the band members. And, you know, we've we've uh, we've split everything uh, equally all these years as a band. We've all had an equal say. Um, sometimes there's too many cooks in the kitchen. We want to kill each other, but, uh, something's working. We're, we're still together after 30 years, you know, without that hit. So I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Now that you, you put it into that perspective, it, it's like, you're, you're grateful that you didn't have that because you didn't have to deal with, with that. You always like you said, you split almost, I mean, maybe I would have made $2 yeah. million back in 1998, but would I have any of it now? Cause you, I don't think you, I, I don't think I would have done well with that back then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Like I remember, I remember watching a clip, uh, of an interview with, um, I think it was Ryan key and maybe it was Sean, their violinist. And they were on when, uh, Mark Hoppus had his show on, what was it? Fuse? I think he had a talk <clears throat> yeah. show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was asking them like how they blew their ocean Avenue money. Like he's like, so what did you blow it on? <laughs> and I think Sean said a, a car, Sean or Ryan said a car and like, you know, one of those super, super duper expensive cars. And it just mm-hmm. ended up like, yeah, I mean, you, you always down. think it'd be, it'd be easier to invest a chunk of money. Ooh, I got a $2 million, uh, you know, check in the mail. I'm going to invest it when you're 22 years old. That's the last thing you're probably thinking about. Um, yeah. but you know, when you're, when you're getting a steady flow of decent cash, uh, you know, I'm going to throw two grand into this and I'm going to do that. It's a, uh, I don't know. I, 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 again, I, I'm thankful for the way that things played out for us, um, in the fans mind, they never, most of them never think of this. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I've had people meet me and the guys, uh, that have, that, that, we're one of their favorite bands and blink one might be one of their favorite bands. And they look at us in the same regard they would as Mark, Mark or Tom, like we're just as big a stars in their heads as, as them. So it's, it's all perception, you know, and yeah. uh, you, you're, you're thankful for what you do have. And I mean, our career is crazy. Cause like, you know, I always reference the example. This is a true story. It was like three or four years ago, we played a Greenfield festival in, in Switzerland. We're up in the mountains. It's just serene. We've done this festival a number of times, tons of huge bands. I, I want to say maybe Foo Fighters headline that night. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, that's Pearl, huge. Pearl, I think Pearl Jam headline that night. Nonetheless, um, we played to 60,000 people that day going berserk, you know, like 10 circle pits in every direction you're looking. And the very next day we played Rock Planet in Ravenna, Italy to 600 punkers you know, going completely apeshit crazy, having the time of their life. But 
there's no ego with us. It's not like, man, yesterday we played a 60,000. Now we got to play to 600. It's like, we're going to still deliver the same show, you know? Right. So. I was, I was going to ask how to, what's your, your mindset when you're switching from 60,000 to, to 600? Is it still exactly the same or do you have to do things a little differently? Because I've, I've heard both sides of the, the coin, you know, the, 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 the the aggression, the attitude, everything of the show is all the same. There's no, there's no more nerves or nervousness and getting it up in front of 60,000 for a 600. But yeah, you're going to, you're going to treat a festival crowd and command a crowd a little differently. At least we are, we know how to, we've done enough of them and we know how to work it. The 600 person club, everyone in there is wasted, especially in Italy. They don't care. They, just as long <laughs> as it's loud in their face and you, and you, and you play the song, you know, it's so it, it's different in that respect. Maybe, uh, uh, we, we always try. We always give it our, our best, but uh, you don't have to work as hard in, in the club in Italy, maybe as the, uh, you know, 80 by 100 foot stage uh, at the festival. So, yeah. Um, let's see. We're getting some fan questions here. Uh, Brittany wants to know if you have any rituals. I'm guessing she means like pre-show rituals <laughs> i hope so because she, she doesn't want to hear my real life rituals <laughs> that, could, that could be a whole nother ball game man oh my gosh um, yeah we uh not really you know we we kind of uh the whole band i mean i, I won't warm up my voice you know and uh try to do some stretching get my heart rate up a little bit you know i'll do some uh you know running in place and and uh do some squats and different things, stretch out. But, uh, you know, that's, in, that's important, especially the order that I get, I, I go out there cause you know, we're still a pretty active band and singing takes a lot, uh, breathing. And, and again, uh, when you're outside, uh, it's 65 degrees and at a festival in Switzerland, uh, the humidity is not killing you, but when you're in the 600 person club, you got that to contend with too. So warming up and, um, you know, for the most part, just keeping things jovial with the rest of the guys We're we're constantly busting each other's balls up till we get to the stage. It's just anything goes. It's like a eighth grade locker room, you know, just that. And, you know, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. Like I, I've said stuff to my trombone player, him and I have a thing or he'll say something to me right before I go on. And it almost pisses me off and he'll kind of give me like a little wink and a nod, you know, like right when we're about to take the stage, I'm like, you son of a bitch. So, you know, there's, there's that kind of stuff. So those yeah. are our rituals. Yeah. You, Keeping it you, light. You, you have to. Um, yeah. there's just something about it's, it's coworker stuff like coworkers do that to each other. You know, it doesn't have to be just a band. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. But coworkers get to go home and sleep next to their own dog. <laughs> I got to smell my guy's feet at three in the morning traveling down the interstate. So I bet you a, haven't, you probably, I mean, have you missed that in the last year? Like I'm, I'm no, sure I've actually missed had, that part. Roger's been FedExing me his socks every week. Um, so I go to bed with his sock next to me. I feel like I'm on the road. Oh, Great. that's, that's a good one. Nice. Yeah. Come that's, on. It's the first time I got an applause. <laughs> that, that's a good one right there. I love that. Um, so getting to, I mean, this last year has just been so incredible, not only for less than Jake, but for you, just because it seems like from the outside, you've finally been able to do like so many different things that you've probably been wanting to do. Cause I remember thinking back um, like the first couple times that you were on the the Mike Herrera podcast I was thinking about wow like I feel like Chris would be a would be really good at at a podcast like hosting a podcast and then you know it's like 2020 presented that mm -hmm. that opportunity for you yeah. 
Um, and then the solo recordings too. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that was also something where it was like, oh, you got some downtime. Maybe you can finally do this. Or, or was it something you were already working on before the whole pandemic? No, you know, I, I, I was at a crossroads um, starting in late 2018, 2019. I was really wondering, like, you know, I, I, I have young, small children now and I'm, I'm you know, it wasn't like a, a midlife crisis or anything like that. It was just kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm halfway through my life. You know, that's, that's if I live to my, to, you know, to my mid eighties and like, what else is there for me? All I've done is music, which has been great. That's all I ever wanted to do. But is this what I really want to continue doing? You know, I think everybody faces that in life where they think of no matter what it is, um, this could be highly successful people or people that have had 30 different jobs in life. Like, who am I? Am I just the guy from less than Jake? And that's all I ever wanted to be. And I was, I was completely fine with that. Um, but it was hard to think of taking on, you know, I'm kind of an all or nothing person. You know, if I can really put some time and effort into something, I'll do it. And our band just never stopped. I mean, we just kept going all, all through the years. And so, uh, you know, when, when this, it was a series of things that led up to all the projects, you know, uh, like I said, late 2018, I had, had just moved and uh, moved my family and uh, up to Tennessee and I was going through all these boxes and 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 setting up my studio, my memorabilia room, which I'm in right now. It looks amazing, by the way. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's, I, I've saved one of everything less than Jake's ever put out. I have one oh of gosh. everything. It's insane. But um, so I was going through pictures, and I I just uh, scanned a picture uh, from the old days, and I put it on my Instagram, and I just put out this caption. It was a joke, like. I'm going to put a picture in a story once a day for a year until I surpass Roger and Instagram followers, you know, kind of, again, busting, busting <laughs> one it, of the guys. Did in my it balls, work? Did it work? Balls. Uh, and I'm, 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 I'm catching up to him. I, I need <laughs> you to follow me, everybody at less than Chris D and tell all your friends, damn it. Um, you know, he's better looking. He's got dreadlocks. You know, I just, I, I've accepted that. It's been a rough pill to swallow, but I finally accepted it. But so I put this picture out. That was December 5th of 2018. And uh, one of the first comments was JR, sax player. He's like, you won't last two weeks, but this is good content. <laughs> and I said, okay, you bastard, I'm going to show you. And uh, so I did that. I, I posted a different picture with a different caption and I ran it all the way till December 4th, 2019. And I've always wanted to write a book for years. And I have every rock and roll biography and autobiography you can think of. Anyone from Sting to Meatloaf to Motley Crue to Beyonce. I have them all. It doesn't matter what kind of music. I'm, I'm just fascinated by it. I live the life and I just love hearing people's stories. Yeah. So, because uh, you can relate to them. them. You can, can relate, relate to them. them. Yeah. And um, yeah. So I had started to write a book a couple of times. Uh, I've told this story recently. You know, Dave McWain from Big D and the Kids Table, he's written some books. And I said, How'd you start it, man? Like, what'd you do? What was the process? Getting a publisher. And he like gave me a rough outline. You should make an outline, just like, a, you know, the old school book report. Kind of go through oh, this. Gosh. I started, yeah. you know, at one point I got through like two chapters, but they all kind of read like all the other ones. It was like, Hi, I'm Krista Makes. I'm from Michigan. I was born this year. My parents, we moved to Florida when I was seven. And when I started doing this picture uh, and, and story once a day, it dawned on me about three weeks into it, late 2018. It was around around Christmas time. I remember waking up one day and saying, I'm writing my book right now, one story and one picture at a time. And that's what Blast from the Past ended up being. I went back then and a lot of the stuff was was written from the perspective of it was that day. So everything had to be edited. I had to take the story. A lot of the stories are, are, are the same, but I had to put it in, you know, sometimes it was in 
first person when it shouldn't have been and just different things. And uh, my producer of the show, uh, Chris Afalias, he uh, helped me edit the book. We spent weeks. Uh, it, it took a long time, lot, lots of lots of hours to get to get it together because I I'm a stickler for uh, grammar and, you know, and uh, and things like that. So grammar and spelling. And so basically we went ahead uh, when it was all done. I, I partnered with smart punk records and we put the book out and it's a 18 month uh, book campaign started in December of 2020 when the book was released. And uh, every couple months there's another seven inch that comes out with uh, two songs and then um, uh, some new merch items. I just had a single drop today, uh, June 9th. Uh, it was called father time is the new single. And uh you know, it kind of reinvigorates the book every three months and, and lets you know, hey, I got this book that, that I'm I'm still, you know, didn't want to put the book out. I wanted to kind of look at it as like a record release, like you spend a year and a half promoting it. So uh, everything's going to culminate with my first solo record. It'll be a full length called Blast from the Past. It'll be all the songs in the seven inch plus some songs held over. Uh, that'll come out in the summer of 2022. Okay, wow. So we've got all this cool uh we can look forward to, to hearing the songs in the meantime and and uh pretty much yeah i was gonna start out doing five seven inches that would have mm -hmm. been 10 songs uh we decided we're gonna do uh we just put the second one out the third one's gonna be released uh in late august i think we're going for pre-orders for it and then so that'll be six songs two songs on each seven inch but we're stopping there i'm gonna hold the other six songs for the album we thought it might give people more incentive to buy the full length and if if 10 songs were released and we only held two songs back so but right. pretty much every every three to four months will be new merchandise items and we'll give the book a little bit more of a push but um the cool thing about the book too is you don't have to be in the music business i've had some great compliments people have been like this book's just all over the place. It's wacky and the stories are just ridiculous and They're you don't so have to, good. you know? Yeah. So, so it, it works as a, a kind of cool, uh, coffee table book for anybody. You know? Yeah. It's or a, toilet it's reading a... material. I've heard. <laughs> there you go. I was gonna, there's, there's another. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if you, if you really hate the book, you can use the, the book to wipe your ass. So. Oh yeah. Actually <laughs> laugh. <laughs> Ooh. There you yeah. go. I think I got a boo in here too. I used to. I don't know where. It Fire went. that one up. Yeah. Oh, where'd it go? I lost it anyway. Um, yeah. The what I love about the book is um, is that it's an easy, you know, it's an easy read, and all the pictures are just like you're like, wow, like this really happened, you know. Um, and it it also made me wonder where along the lines did did you just like one day decide to like stop doing all those characters or was it like gradual thing? Yeah. You know, a couple things happened. We had gotten per capita more popular in England in the UK than anywhere. We had a label over there that blew us up on our borders and boundaries record. And we were on, uh, you know, MTV. We were in all the magazines. We were on uh, the other video channels. We were on the radio there. Uh, it happened. I mean, and it was funny to us. Um, uh, you know, we funny from the respect that it was it was great to be able to look at it the way we did. We had been a band for 10 years. We had great success, but we were never, for lack of a better word, like stars. I mean, we'd play festivals over there. There'd be you know, teenage girls screaming and running after Roger and I, and we were like 29 years old at this time. It was hilarious to us. Like, like where the hell, a, where were you when we were in high school? And then, and then like, where have you been all these years? Like, well, yeah, we had fans, but there wasn't that hysteria. No, you know, the, 
the media and the right push in marketing and having your name in, in, in the in the billboards and the, having your 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 uh, face on video, it makes you into a star. You know, you're you're to that next level. You know, so we were over there doing this, and you know, I started to feel like the band wasn't having an identity because I mean, you saw the book, like there'd be one night I'd be dressed as a trucker and the, the, the costumes are authentic. It wasn't like, okay, he's got a cowboy hat on and a fake beard looks really bad, but he's still wearing Adidas shorts. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's like down to the dip can in the back pocket, like the tooth blacked out, like the right shading for the beard. It's like basically, you know, like college or, uh, or, or you know, high school, college, uh, theater, theater. Anything, I, I know, was and, just going to say totally yeah. like theater. Yeah. Right. And that's what it was. And it was, it was great and it was fun and it was all, all bred out of boredom. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't have smartphones. Um, it was really hard to find good pot in the nineties. Um, especially <laughs> in places like Omaha, Nebraska, we were bored. <laughs> so we'd get to the venue at four in the afternoon after driving eight hours and you'd pull up and you'd be like, all right, well, I'm going to get up and walk around. And inevitably where the punk rock clubs were, they weren't, you typically weren't in the greatest parts of town. It's like, okay, there's a liquor store. There's a check cashing place. Ooh, there's a thrift store. And you'd go in the thrift store and you'd walk around and be like, Ooh, there's a 50 cent wig. And I'd put it on and look in the mirror and I'd have a roadie with me or one of the guys, but they'd laugh their ass off. I'd buy the wig and I'd put it on that <laughs> night. And then I was like, well, I got the wig on and I'd be rocking out three or four songs. Finally, the wig would fly off. And you'd see the front row just lose their minds. Like, <laughs> holy crap, that guy's wearing a wig because I'd make sure the wig looked real, of course. Then it was like, right. well, what if I took it up a notch? What if I got a suit that night with the wig and a mustache? Now I look like your science teacher who you hate. And so I'd be cruising around the clubs and people would look at me like, why is this guy here? And this is pre-internet. You know, we never really put our, our faces in the CD. We were too punk rock for that. And, and you couldn't like look who, what our faces look. So I would hit the stage after wandering the club, be like, and I'd start singing history of a boring town or some of these songs. And you'd see the audience go, this is my favorite band. And that's him, you know? So, um, got a little long winded real quick to answer your question. No, 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 no. got to the point where I was like, this is almost like we don't have an identity. You know, you notice bands like Slipknot after a while, they, they took the masks off in interviews. Corey Taylor had to be somebody. You know, yeah. he couldn't just be that that guy behind the mask because, you know, you for me, it, it was really about it, it had kind of gotten played out. It was a pain in the ass to do it. But I felt like, OK, I'm 30 years old now. Is this funny anymore or is this yeah. just a parody of yourself? So that's kind of why I went to the wayside. Mm-hmm. I mean, you did it for, I mean, a, a long time to give you credit. I mean, it was about eight years. I was going to say, and I mean, the fact that there was no internet back then and you had all those pictures is still pretty amazing. Yeah, well. it, uh, our old trombone player and our roadie, uh, Mr. Skull, Andre, he, they were uh, the lion's share of the pictures. Pete had a camera around his neck at all times and uh, they captured a lot. And then what was great was, is as I got into the Instagram thing and I was posting them, now fans were starting to send there and I got some pictures from fans. I'm like, Oh my God, I don't even remember this character. You know, it was like, <laughs> and, but the book was great because it, it kind of, um, not that I needed any type of closure. That's the only word that really comes to mind, but it kind of tied off, tied a knot on that whole part of my career. It kind of put a book in there of like, wow, I did this and just the memories and just being able to say that I did it and look back and, and it was absolutely ridiculous that I got paid to do that, you know, that I, this was my job, you know, cause, um, it was absurd. It really was. And, and, um, 
you know, there was, uh, there was, we were young and it was, it was great times and, and our friends were around and, uh, you know, there was, uh, not going to lie. There was some alcohol involved and, and other things. And it was, it was, it was a party and to be able to document that and put it into a book and have people like it is awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. And everyone, uh, should buy this book and take a look at it because it is entertaining to the max, even like shameless it, plug. If you want the book, it's at Chris dot com. Thank yep. you. Thank you. I was just going to say that. Um, and uh, also, you hit the boo just now. I, I, <laughs> I can't. I don't know what I did with it. Like I had it, and all I have is I have crickets. I've got goats. But next time I come on, you better not say, "Hey, listen, I want to apologize." Last time you were on, I didn't have the boo track. I don't want to hear it. All right, Jock. I don't want to hear. It. <laughs> well, um, let, let's wrap it up. Um, talking about, I guess, uh, Father Time, since that was just released today. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about that track. Obviously, I, I noticed the artwork. I mean, it looked like it was a picture in one of your characters. And I'm assuming that was your dad, but I don't know that. It is. It's in the book, the story. I don't know if you, you said you read about half the book. It's in there. You'll yeah. see it. Okay. That was that was taken backstage at the uh, what was known as the Covered Dish. It's now called the High Dive. It's a venue in Gainesville, Florida. You'll notice Dad's holding a camcorder that's the size of a cinder block. I did um, notice that because I yeah, had one. It, I had one yeah. of those. <laughs> and uh, my dad's just like been my biggest supporter. He was he's a, a musician. He played for years. <clears throat> Music was encouraged in my house. It was, uh, you know, they were all about, uh, you know, mom and dad coming out to the shows, um, raising hell. I mean, they would party as hard as anybody. We just had had a ball. They've they've seen me. Uh, in 400 seat sweaty punk clubs to uh, play in front of 100,000 people at the Reading and Leeds Festival in, in England. So yeah. they've kind of kind of seen it all. And you know, my dad, um, he is going to be yeah, he's going to be 73 uh, in August, and he was diagnosed with Parkinson's a couple of years ago. So he's starting to uh, uh, have some difficulties health wise. And you know, people always write songs about. Uh, loved ones or celebrities or people when they're gone. And uh, I had never written a song about my father. And uh, I said, you know what? He's still here. I'm going to write a song uh, called Father Time, which uh, it's a double entendre in the chorus. It says um, uh, you can't rip the end. The end tagline in the chorus is, is uh, you can't replace or outrun Father Time, which you can't replace all those years. I mean, dad worked his ass off. He was uh, a musician and he was also in real estate and uh worked long hours but never missed a little league game baseball never missed the band shows when we were around flew all over the world to see us play um so you can't replace uh that quality time with your dad and you uh you also you know you can't outrun uh the clock you know the clock's gonna get the clock's gonna get us all so that's what the song's about yeah, and that's definitely something I've been thinking of. You know, I, I'm like you. I've got, a, you know, a young son, and I think about those things all the time, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. The first the first two verses of the song, um, or the first, you know, two-thirds of the song deal with my dad and, like, raising kids, my brother and I, and giving us that time. And then the last, uh, the first two choruses, excuse me, the last uh, time it changes to me talking about my kids you know, and putting it in, in uh, first person for me. So, uh, it was cool. It was, uh, it, the song came quick. I, I did the demo in like one sitting and wrote the lyrics like the next morning and, and, uh, that was it. So yeah, that's what the song's about. And as, uh, you've talked about many times on your podcast, like 
a lot of the best songs are just written just like that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. and it's definitely uh, Father Time and I think Never Surrender are, are my favorites that you've released so far. So, oh, thanks. Yeah. Wait till you hear 24 hours till bus call. Oh, man. <laughs> and so again the songs the songs all deal with the book like never surrender right that whole thing came about there was a band from germany uh that uh wrote me they wanted a custom song they wanted me to write a song that they could record and i wrote that song for them and they sent me their version of it i'm like damn they kind of hit it out of the park and when they sent their version of me, i'm like wait a second this song was written for them. They've been a band for like 10 years. They've never given up. They've never surrendered. They're, 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 they're flying the flag for punk rock. And I'm like, well, that's what we were doing all those years when the book started. And I'm like, and I even hit him up. I said, guys, you know, I know this is my song. I wrote it, but you guys, you know, did commission me to write it for you. And would it be cool? They were flattered. They were honored. They'd like, that's awesome. You're going to record it too. So, uh, you know, that I, I'd put that song up and all the songs deal with the book. They all deal with characters or times in the book. And, and uh, my dad was in the book, of course, and, and he was there all those years. And uh, there's another song coming out on the next seven inch. Uh, it's uh, 24 hours to bus call. And the other song is called In Memoriam, which at the back of the book, there's an In Memoriam section of all the people I've lost. Yes. So that song is about all the people that, are, that aren't, aren't here today that were there for the whole journey uh, of the band. Very cool. Awesome. Well, uh, Chris, thank you so much for your time, man. I, I know you're super busy, so really, uh, really appreciate it. Well, thank you. And uh, like I said, make sure you have the boo track next time. Don't apologize for it. And, uh, and uh, you, you, you're still playing the, you're still playing the, the, the song, the bang yes, rang on the radio. I, I still play the theme song every single show. I, I start with it and I end with it. So, cool. you know. Yeah. Um, and I love it. And I've gotten so many compliments on, you know, switching from, uh, the original theme song to your version of it, just because you just like, you took it up a notch, you know? So right on. Yeah. So many people that were so excited about that, um, a year ago, I guess. Yeah. It's already, it's been over a year already. My gosh. So yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. So you're still doing custom songs too. Still doing custom songs. If you'd like, if you'd like me to write you one, uh, hit me up at chrisdemakes at gmail.com and uh, we can get into that. I'd love to write you one. Yeah, I'm still, still, I, I, I'm going to do that forever. I, I just love it. I love the interaction. Um, I love from the inception, from the person writing me to, you know, and that, that's been the, one of the biggest rewards of it. Not even from a financial standpoint, you know, it, it it's, uh, uh, been a, something to make, uh, uh, money during the last year when the band wasn't touring, but it's the connection, you know, mm-hmm. giving back and having the fans just, they like the, the, the conversing through email and, and I enjoy it too. And it's, it's, and I've just seen how, how much it's meant to people. So it's been really, really nice. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's definitely a really cool thing. It's very special. So, um, any other real quick plugs before you go? Uh, Jacques Lamour is one of the hottest hosts I've ever seen. I don't know if that's a plug, <laughs> but I, I, had, I felt the need to say that, uh, you're better looking than me and it's very it, insulting. It must be the shirt. I think that's, that's, I am gotta, due for an eye checkup at the end of the month, but uh, so. it must be the less than Jake shirt I'm wearing. That's I what think it that's, is. That's, no, man, just, uh, yeah. best of luck to you. And, and thank, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Of course, always man. And, and, uh, take care and, and, uh, excited to, uh, see what comes next. Right on. All right. See ya. All right, before, before we get out, before yep. we leave here, I'm going to, I'm going to do a, uh, <clears throat> something I always do. Okay. okay. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Hey, this is Krista Makes from Less Than Jake, and you're listening to Pop Punk Pizza with Jacques L'Amour. Yay! Oh, wait a minute.
should have said wait. I should have said pop punk and pizza, right? I said pop. Punk I mean, pizza. That's let's fine. do it again. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm, 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 I'm a stickler for details. I'm ready. Right. Here we go. <laughs> Hey, this is Chris Demakes from Less Than Jake, and you're listening to Pop Punk and Pizza with Jacques Lamore. Ooh, man, that was that was so much better. I put a little, wow. I put a little flair on the end of that one. You know, you know, we might have to talk uh, after this show, and I can ask you how much uh, it is to pay you to do that live each show. Oh, my attorney just emailed you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> perfect, perfect. Hey, if you want right Chris on, to brother. do that for you every show, man, it's this much. All right, man, take care. <laughs> Have a great night. <laughs> you too. Bye. Bye. All right. Thank you so much once again to uh, Krista Manks of Less Than Jake for being on Pop Punk and Pizza tonight. And uh, yes, he is, of course, the uh, voice behind our uh, theme song, which I'll be playing here in just a moment. But I quickly want to remind you that uh, Pop Punk and Pizza podcast is presented by Pop Punk Takeout, a monthly subscription box filled with merchandise from pop punk artists from all over the world. Now, their first takeout box for June features merch from Keep Flying, which is actually a similar style to Less Than Jake, now that uh, we bring that up. Uh, so go to poppunktakeout.com and subscribe today. Uh, follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Pop Punk Takeout. And then additional support for this episode comes from sex, drugs, and emo, heartbreak, anxiety, depression, you name it all. And you're going to find it in our sponsor's book, which is Rock Bottom at the Renaissance, an emo kid's journey through falling in and out of love in and with New York City. It's the best-selling mixtape memoir about struggling with mental illness and the power that pop punk and emo can have to help you get through it. So Rock Bottom at the Renaissance, it's not just an audiobook. It's an auto audio experience starring Tyler Posey and featuring a 20-song soundtrack that includes not one, but two Jimmy Eat World recordings that you can't hear anywhere else. They're only in this audiobook. And there's also songs from Dashboard Confessional, Mayday Parade, The Wonder Years, Bayside, Alkaline Trio, and more. And uh, for links and to find it at your favorite place to buy books, ebooks, or audiobooks, you can go to rockbottom.com. And I really suggest, uh, you know, getting the audiobook on Audible to hear the way Tyler Posey puts himself into the story and to, to feel that way, uh, the 20-song soundtrack will put you directly into the story. That's the coolest thing about this mixtape memoir. Now, if you, peep, if you think people um, think you're weird because, you know, you find a way to relate to literally every single song or because you play songs on repeat because you're sure that they were specifically written for you, then Rock Bottom at the Renaissance and Emo Kid's Journey through falling in and out of love in and with New York City isn't just for you. It's about you. So get more info at rockbottombook.com. And also, if you haven't done so already, you can uh, actually listen to an episode of Pop Punk and Pizza where I talk to the author. Um, Mike Henneberger was on the podcast last year uh, talking about the book. It's episode number 113 of Pop Punk and Pizza, if you haven't listened to that episode yet. Or maybe you did originally... And it's it's been a hot minute and you want to go listen to it again. Um, uh, please do that. And once again, episode 113 of Pop Punk and Pizza. And once uh, one more time, thank you to Cameron and Drew of Ring Out 
for being on the podcast tonight. Please show them some love and support as well. I'm Jacques Lamour. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will be back next Wednesday, uh, 7 p.m. Central Time, uh, live on our Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube accounts. You can also follow us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram at Pop Punk Pizza Pod. And uh, also catch up on previous episodes wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, or you can go to poppunkpizzapod.com to do so. Sign up for our email list there. You can. Um, you can submit your band's music there. You can buy merch, all that fun stuff at poppunkpizzapod.com. So I will uh, talk to you next Wednesday. Once again, thank you for watching. I hope you enjoyed the show. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice.